Hello, Charlie. Charlie one. This is Granite Zero. Welcome back, troops, to another instalment of the Granite Zero podcast with me, Tomo, and as normal, I'm on my own. Um, I haven't done any notes like normal because um, I thought I'd just do a little chat to myself, as it were. Um, me and Darren want to try and do one over Skype, um, but at the moment it doesn't seem to be coming out. Uh, we're both working quite a bit, so when that happens, it happens. I've had some brilliant feedback from the episode with Chris, um, which most of it was good. You know, obviously having someone to talk to and not just me dribbling on for for ages makes a huge fucking difference. And it's the same with the one on holiday as well, you know. Having that person to bounce off really helps. And it's something that... I'm going to do more of, I think. I think I'm going to invite Chris around a bit more often. He's got a lot of um, insight on things, and he's... Well, he thinks he knows it all. But, you know, he obviously got that thing about the largest uh, forest being in Greenland, because it's definitely the Amazon. Um, And that's one thing. That's one topic that we could talk about quickly. The fucking Amazon. Fucking burning down. Basically zero coverage on the news at all i only knew about it because i saw it on fucking instagram it's fucking madness do you know what i mean it's like it produces most of the fucking world's oxygen and it's burning down like a football field every fucking hour or some random stuff like that it's madness oh but i can't pretend like i know what's going on in the world you know i'm not i'm a bit thick stupid really to really get a grip so i can barely get a grip to my own fucking head let alone learning new new things <laughs> uh, but you know it's all it's all good you know um as for me you know going back to the doctors on thursday to um basically my uh, second checkup to see how i'm getting on uh if i'm honest i think i need to up the dosage a little bit um, I had two fucking giant wobbles. Um, I don't know. Yeah, two. I'll go with two. It started on um, on Saturday. You know, uh, just a wave came over me. Like it's it's hard to explain. I've I've sort of explained it before. The, these waves that I get, and. I thought, right, I'll go and try and do something different. I went round the in-laws, try and watch the football. Um, couldn't really focus on the football, um, not only just because it was Arsenal-Liverpool playing, but I just felt awkward. And I've never felt awkward round the in-laws' house. Um, I felt awkward at home with uh, Kate and the girls. So I tried to have a little bit of lone time. Um, that didn't really work, so I came home and I still felt weird you know, couldn't really sleep that night, and then Sunday, oh, it was horrible, you know, just sat with this wave of horribleness, is the only way to describe it, and I did something that I haven't done properly, and that was, I turned to somebody who 
has always told me to turn to, and that was Kate. You know, I usually suck it in and block everyone out, and for the first time, I opened up properly and was like, I'm struggling today. And, you know, usually I try and protect her from those sorts of things because I don't want to put my issues on anyone. And she took it all in and helped me get out of it. And it was amazing. You know, and I know a lot of people I know block and stop those that care about them in and sort of take all the pressures of everything that's going on in their lives and put it on their own shoulders. No matter how much you've been there for them in the past through whatever reasons you know they're now blocking you out blocking anyone close to them out and trying to do it all themselves and speaking from experience it's not a good place to be you think you can do it all on your own you think that you're protecting people that are close to you from whatever it is that the problem is. But in reality, you're not. You make everything worse for yourselves. Because people will only stick around for a certain amount of time before they think it's a lost cause and can't be bothered. And I know for a fact that I would never turn on my friends, I'd never turn on anybody that I cared about. You know, I would always be there no matter what. And that will always remain. And I just wish that people would understand that it's okay to not be okay. You know, it's still got that stigma around it where it's not okay. It fucking is. The amount of people out there now that have um, mental health issues, depression, anxiety, PTSD, whatever it may be, you might not be diagnosed, you might not be confident enough and have the balls to take that step to go to the doctors. But talking from experience, from someone who knows what it's like to carry all these anxieties, these depressions, these fucking dark thoughts, this horrible feeling of being worthless and useless and shit. And thinking that they all they have to do is talk on a podcast. All they've got to do is talk to someone all they've got to do is this and that sometimes you're not strong enough to do it all on your own sometimes you need that support sometimes you need to go on a pill doesn't make you any less of a person sometimes you use your cbd oil or you might be smoking cannabis or taking mushrooms or whatever the fuck you're doing but sometimes you just need that little bit of extra support to push you to the right mind frame, the right mindset, the right this, the right that, to get yourself through whatever the fuck is going on. And I saw a little quote, and it was 
To the one who waits, all things reveal themselves, so as long as you have the courage not to deny darkness when you have seen the light. So, basically, it means don't deny people that want to be there for you just because you're in a dark place, you're in a bad place. Because they will help you get to that light. You know, they've seen you in your best place. They've seen you in the best form of your own self that you've ever been. They know what it's like to see you in that. So when they're offering you help, when you're in your dark time, it does take that little bit of courage, that little bit of something to let them in and let them help you. That's all I'm saying, you know. That's what I've done. I let people in to help me. Kate has helped me through so much and she's always been there, but I never wanted her to see me, inverted commas, weak and pathetic. But the reality is I'm not weak and pathetic because I have taken the necessary steps to f- help get myself back on track. Yeah, I've taken a few wobbles this week. It happens. It's not an overnight fix for me, and it never will be. But I've taken a huge step. Kate came with me to the doctors. Normally I'd do that shit on my own. Because I'm a man, and that's what men do. You know? But I'd take that step and I embrace the fact that I've got a partner there that wants to help me, wants to see me at my best. And it's an amazing feeling to have once you let someone in. I could have ruined everything, you know, by being so down and depressed and shutting everybody out. I could have lost a lot. In reality, I could have lost everybody close to me. And that's not something that I was prepared to do or prepared to lose. My friends, my family, my wife, my kids are the most important things in my, in my life. And they always will be. Jobs come and go. Of course they do. Possessions are nothing. It's like the quote from Fight Club. The things you own end up owning you. You know, it's not your £30,000 a year job. It's not your £300,000 house. It's not your diamond rings. It's not your fancy cars. It's not your best phone. It's not your accessories, it's not your Louis Vuitton shoes, it's not anything. It's the small things that mean the most and it's the small things that you remember. And it's the small things, like your friends, like your family, that will always be there to get you through. It's not looking at your fancy watch thinking... Oh, it's a nice watch. It's your best mate going, fancy doing a podcast. 
It's your best mate sending you a text saying, hey, I miss you, mate. It's your missus giving you a kiss just, just because you came home from work. It's the kids running across to you from a car park and saying that they missed you. It's your brother phoning you up, giving you shit for wearing a t-shirt that says made for war that was three quarter lengths. It's those little things that will get you through the day. And it's those little things that mean the most. It's a quote that means something to you. It's a text. Just to say I'm thinking about you. You know what I mean? And I will always remember those little things. And I will always try and do my best for my friends. And I'll always try and do the best for those that mean the most to me. And that, that's, that's basically the beginning of this show, you know. I sort of went off on a fucking tangent there about, about a lot of things. But it's things that like that that stay close to my fucking heart. And it's the little things. And, and that's all I can say. When someone remembers the little things, it means a lot, I think. They know your favourite movie. They know your favourite dinner. It just helps keep you on the right path to being happy. And that's the main thing. That's the main goal in all this. And, um, you know, loads of little things. You know, it's nice to throw out, you know, some questions, you know. Like, I, I, I put out on Instagram and Twitter, um, what subjects would you like me to um, talk about on, on the show? And uh, obviously, I had some normal ones, which I will talk about. And I had some from Dan, who, let's face it, I've called it to his face. If I met him now, we probably wouldn't be friends. But that's the beauty of serving with a vast array of people because you'll always meet people that wouldn't typically be your closest mates but they bring you together and you form this bond that is unbreakable and he is now like a brother you know my kids call him uncle dan but he he he, he brings up some funny questions and I'll, I'll i'll bring them up in a minute because i'm trying to be a bit serious as you can tell from the beginning of the show and as you can tell, I'm outside at the minute. You can hear the planes flying over. You can probably hear some music in the background. It's a bloody fucking lovely summer's day in England. In Kent, the garden of England, some might say. But yeah, so I had one from a listener on um, Twitter. And... Uh, 
I don't have his proper name. I'm going to have to send him a message and ask it for his proper name. Uh, but his handle is at goldshirt9 on Twitter. So um, have a little fucking look at him. I believe he's a, a veteran. But um, yeah, his question was uh, life after the forces, the low and the high and re-enlisting. Well, obviously, the lows are easy for me to talk about because for the past five, six years now, I've gone from job to job, unable to settle down, unable to connect and get a bond with anything up until this point. And the fact that I didn't have my title, my sense of purpose is, is, the, is the big thing. And it's probably the major contribution to this depression that I have is the fact that I, I no longer have a purpose. Or so I thought, you know... When you're serving, you have the uniform, you have the mud guards, you have the flashes, you have the hat, you have the beret, whatever you might want to call it. You go out and you're like, you meet up with your civvy mates and they're like, oh, this is Tomo, he, he serves in the military. And then everyone's like asking you questions. They always ask the same questions. Have you killed anyone? That sort of thing. Um, but it's when you get home after being at work and you're sat and you're thinking I used to go out and do patrols in the desert I used to go out and help prevent rocket attacks on on the camps I used to do force protection in some of the most dangerous places in the world and now I'm a security officer in one of the safest places what is the point? That's how it feels. That's how it feels. But you also have the complete opposite of that. And that's the highs. And you do have a lot of highs. I mean, I left because I wanted to spend time with my kids and see them grow up and see them become the young ladies that they're becoming countless times I've been to um, special assemblies where they're getting head teacher awards or certificates of excellence I said certificate right for the first time ever um, they're getting praised for their abilities to adapt themselves like Jessica hates maths hates it but when she realised that she had a problem, she told me and Kate, and we went and saw a teacher. She ended up getting a head teacher's award for the leaps and bounds she came, overcame this huge fucking obstacle to become better at maths. Going to sports days, seeing them win their races, and everything like that are unbelievable highs. And it's things that I could have potentially missed. And things that 
I didn't want to miss. It's the fact that at work I helped deal with a bomb scare and because of that we've got the uh, been nominated for the company's star employee awards where we have to go and have a slap up meal in dinner suits. You know, there, there's always silver linings at everything. There's being taken in by your manager to say how well a how good a job you're doing and how he wants you to progress through the company and things like that. It's all these little things that you're like, oh, this is amazing. And it's those highs that outweigh the lows. I've had more high days than I have low days. And that is because of the people I've got around me. And... It's those sorts of reasons why I never wanted to re-enlist. However, like I've always said, if any time that I I was needed to re-enlist, I would. Because there's nothing I would have changed. And fighting for my country is something that I've always been proud of. And I always will be proud of it. Slapping on that uniform, earning those mudguards, getting a tattoo on my arm, the lot. I'm a patriot at the end of the day. I love my country. And serving queen and country is something that I would do 10 times out of 10 if I was told that I had to go. At the moment, it's an option to go over and re-enlist. But it's not something that I'm planning on doing. For one, being told what to do in that sort of capacity isn't something that I'm comfortable with anymore. (laughs) (laughs) obviously I can take orders I'm not that high up in the in the food chain for me to start barking out orders at people but in Civvy Street it's a bit different you know you can take your bollocking slightly differently but you know re-enlisting is something that hasn't really crossed my mind Although, with what I achieved within the military, I'd like to have done more. Of course I would. The people I served with, I would serve alongside them 10 times out of 10. Always. They are some of the funniest, smartest, bravest, alliest people I've ever met and would ever meet. And I wouldn't change what I did and I wouldn't change the lads that I served with for anything. And that's, that's as we would say, Jen. And uh, I had a message from one of the lads, you know, on this was on Instagram. Uh, I won't say his name because uh, I'm not 100% sure if he's still serving. Um but if he's listening, he knows who he is. So I put it out there. And um, he commented back. And <laughs> he gave me this little gem. Obviously, I put, what do you guys want me to talk about? And he put, Boz. Now, Ashley Bostock was someone I served with on 15 Squadron, Her Majesty's Royal Air Force Regiment. And I went through basic training 
with um, Boz as well, and he was one of the top lads. He fucking was. He was funny. He was basically a shit magnet. So all the corporals loved him because he was a shit magnet. And he's a brilliant lad, and I wouldn't... He was one of the nicest lads you'd ever meet. He'd do anything for you. In fact, he picked me up from Cambridge a number of times during basic training. But that's another story for another day. During our time in Kandahar, I believe, I don't think he went to Bastion. I could be wrong. But he was uh, serving on a Bravo uh, flight. And at the time, uh, he was a uh, Valen guy on, on part of the Op Barmer. So basically, he's carrying a giant fucking metal detector. So your job is to check out for IEDs, obviously, to clear the path so that you guys can go through. It's usually on part of the vulnerable points. You'd get the Valen guys out, bosh, clear the area, drive through, so on and so forth. So this story comes from um, a lad that we served with. Um, again, I don't know if he's still serving. He did go off to the parachute regiment, um, and I believe he attempted... Uh, selection that's why i'm not gonna name name him but he knows who he is if he's listening and basically boz made the guys lie down for an hour and a half when he thought that he found an ied so basically <laughs> so they've just gone out they've done a fucking patrol and it was an absolute lick of a patrol so they are fucking hanging out boz has got the valent and he shouts out that he's found an ied and it's reading a 14 on it so it's quite high up reading and <laughs> so he makes them lie down for an hour and a half while he's trying to confirm this ied that he can't find and the reason why he can't find his fucking IED is because when he's scanning, he's going over his fucking fucking boot boot loops. They're obviously metal. <laughs> so it's pinging up. And he fucking thinks he's found his IED. And he's made the guys hit the fucking deck while he's clearing this path. There's fucking... There's no fucking IED there. It's fucking... What a fucking melt. <laughs> Do your fucking drills properly, Boz, if you're fucking listening. You fucking knobhead. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, that's the story from uh, one, a good pal of mine. Uh, brilliant. Oh. So anyway, I said to you guys about uh, my mate Dan who loves to pull these fucking gems out of his fucking pocket. And so I put, what what should I talk about on the podcast? And Dan, being Dan, like I said, if I met him now, we wouldn't be friends. Would you rather watch your parents have sex every day until you die or join in once to make it stop? What the fuck, Dan? What the actual fuck? What the fuck? And he said that I have to answer this, or I must answer one of these, because the other one was, if you were an inch into your mum 
and your dad was an inch into you, would you go forward or back to get out? I don't know what the fuck is going on through his head. This guy's literally just had a newborn. Welcome to the world, Teddy Shipper. You might have seen the post if you look at, if you follow me on Instagram and fucking and that. You've just had a kid. You've got an eight-year-old. And you ask me this shit questions. Oh. When he says watch your parents have sex, does that mean just open the door and go, oh, you're fucking, and close the door? Because if that's the case, then I'd rather do that than have sex with my parents. I don't know why I'm answering this. I'm not answering it. That's disgusting, Dan, and I refuse to play your silly little games. <laughs> oh, but those sort of things fucking brighten up anyone's day. Along with 50 cal coffee. 50 cal coffee will always brighten up your day. It'll brighten up your morning, it'll brighten up your afternoon, it'll even brighten up your fucking evening. Don't forget, if you don't want to go to sleep, drink some 50 cal, you won't be sleeping. Shit is fucking bang tidy. And just remember, if you fucking hate ISIS, which I know you do, you hate the Taliban, you hate any sort of terrorism, and you love your fucking veterans, you love your veteran causes, you love your veteran companies, and you love this podcast, then what you do is, you get your 50 cow coffee, you sip it up, and you love the taste. And you get amongst it, because it's fucking brilliant. I love it. I drink it fucking at work. I drink it at fucking home. I drink it in the bath. I drink it on holiday when I'm not drinking whiskey. Um, But yeah, get amongst that shit. It's fucking lovely stuff. And to be fair, they've been quite kind to me. They're always posting um, stuff about the podcast or tagging me in their posts so that people can see it. And that's what we're trying to do, people, is get this podcast out there for the fucking masses to listen to. Yes, I talk a lot of shit. Yes, there's a lot of stuff about depression and anxiety and stuff like that. But that is because this is my journey. This is my journal. This is how I'm trying to get myself better and be in a better form and version of myself. Since starting the podcast, I've had a few wobbles, sure. But I've had better days doing this podcast than I have at anything else. And I stand by what I said at the beginning. It's the little things that get us through. It's your text from your mate. Yeah? It's the little things. And it always will be. Anyway, I digress, I take lots of left turns, I do a lot of things, you know, but I've, I've actually enjoyed this one, you know, I had a bit of a wobble yesterday, like I said, and today has been a better day, you know, and tomorrow will be another good day, the sun's out, the birds are shining, <laughs> the birds are shining! Birds are singing. And I'm going to get 
either Darren back on the show or Chris back on the show or Nice wants to come on the show. I'm sure Burroughs wants to come on the show. If you all want to come on the show, just fucking let me know. Come stop by the house, get in the shedio, and we'll fucking do a potty pod pod. We'll have a barbecue or something. One person I won't have on the show, fucking Dan, and you know why. Um, but yeah, the sun's out. Birds are singing. The smile is on my face today. I feel good. I feel positive, and you know, each day is a new challenge, and each day is a new beginning. You can always close yourself off, but that will only help for a certain amount of time. If it's your way of dealing with things, it's your way of dealing with things. But just remember, there are people out there that are there to help you through whatever the fuck is going on. I've learned that. I've got so many people around me to support me, that love me, that care for me, and I'm done with shutting them out. And I won't do it anymore. I feel down, I feel out, I'll phone up someone. My wife, my brother, my friends, my family. So, just to close off this quite quick, shorter episode of the podcast. Just remember it's the little things that count. People are always there for you when you need them the most. But don't assume they will stay there forever. You might need them one day. So it's best to stick by them and let them help you than not. I've learnt that. And it won't change anything for me now. I've seen the light and I'm going to use it. Anyway, I've been Tomo. This has been the Granite Zero podcast. And as they say in the regiment, per ardua. Through adversity, I'm out. Hello, Charlie, Charlie One. This is Granite Zero. Out.